At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Wake up. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. It is CPI day. Uh, Today is the day we're going to get what I am judging to be the most important economic data point right now, more important than the jobs number, Uh, more important maybe even than like Fed speak, right? Because it's it's inflation. It's it's the number that that is looming over all of our lives right now. So that'll be at 830. We are going to be watching for that, reacting to that today. But we have other things to discuss. We got to talk about Biogen. Biggest news after hours yesterday was out of Biogen. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about China this morning. Have you guys seen China this morning? Alibaba, JD, Baidu, they had some inflation that wasn't as high as the expectations. So uh, China going up this morning. And uh, we'll find out if if the U.S. gets to uh, copy that in around a half hour or so. Sean Emery is our guest today from Avery and Company. Excited to have him on. He has some growth stocks. Yes, I said growth stocks. That he is ready to uh, to pitch our way. So let's get to it. Hit that like button and uh, tell your friends. This is pre market prep with Joel Conan, Dennis Dick, and Spencer Israel. All right, it is the three best friends anyone can have: Spencer, Joel, Dennis. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we're in the green here. Five and a quarter handles, 47, 10 and a quarter. Stuck through Thursday's high. Pre-market, that was 15.75. We'll keep an eye on that. Pre-market low, not much there, 46.95. Crude continuing to rip higher up, 33 cents, 81.55. Gold being gold, getting back over 1800 up 50 cents at 18.19. Silver just up a couple pennies, 22.83. Bitcoin finding support at 40K, uh, up 545 at 43.350. Ethereum futures going the same way, up $77.50 at 33.1950. CPI day, as uh, Spencer med, uh, mentioned. Uh, we got a lot of green on the screen, just like yesterday. Triple D, little little bounce back, right? Yeah. This market can't keep it down. It's still chopped, though. I mean, even yesterday we were up thirty handles when we started very early in the AM. By the time the show had come around, we'd given a lot of that back, and then we ended up going down thirty handles, which is just an incredible turn when you think about it. And obviously, you know, um, we came around, and they liked what Powell was saying, and they bought, bought, bought. So, I mean. I guess you're buying dips, selling rips, shorting rips, buying dips, doing however you want, but I'm just not buying the rips. I know people are getting the FOMO. They're starting to chase. It's what the market wants you to Wait, do. I... It wants you to get scared. It wants you to come in and be like, oh, I've missed it. i got to pay up here now or I'm going to miss it out, out on all the money that all my friends are going to make. I mean, that's what the market tries to get you thinking. So, again, you know, I don't, you know, try not to fall for the FOMO. I believe you're going to get more chances. There is some stocks. You may have some Johnny uh, come lately stocks and haven't participated yet. Those, you know, might participate. Um, you know, you do get a chance in something, you know, like a, even a PayPal here today. We have an analyst helping you out because that stock had a nice candle yesterday. And now you get the downgrade at the worst possible time for that analyst, but the best possible time for you as a trader. So, you know, you look at an opportunity like that. Maybe you want to nibble into some of that. 
buying a dip on something because an analyst has an opinion differing from you know what maybe the market's opinion is on that stock right now Wait, I, so, I need, lots I, of tangents i need to interrupt for a second uh i i'm aware that the topics on the screen are from yesterday oh, no we're working to fix that we're going to fix ah, that. well enver has covid so we'll forgive him yeah, enver and mitch both have covid this is the back of this people working in the background all have covid yeah so, so we're, we're using that as an excuse today we'll give them the excuse but oh yes, the dead dreaded green screen oh no a green screen the of green death screen of death oh this show has gone off the rails today <laughs> can they hear it even through the green screen okay topics are good now topics are good the green uh, there screen we go. of death topics have been fixed okay now we're oh, them all. <laughs> there we go overnight okay and i see i didn't know where to go so i just started talking about everything because i didn't have the topic list to follow oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> where, where, where's bert when you need him <laughs> i bird is sleeping joel bird uh, sleeping wake bird up uh, all right oh. so the overnight action that's where we're going to joel talk i guess he kind of did talk a little bit yeah. about it do you want to talk a little more about the overnight action uh we've taken back half of that move right and we're back up near the, what was wednesday's close i just wanted to see what that was that's monday tuesday forty six ninety two fifty. so we're you know above when we got uh when we got piled back above 4700 like you have lately. yeah i mean we're, we're holding steady i mean that's it can we there's not much resistance up here if they like this number and they get it through 1875 there's 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 really air up to some closes at forty-seven seventy. You just gotta. Are people gonna be booking profits from that? You know, from that really nice two-day run yesterday. You had to pull back when Powell was speaking, and you were hoping you know for stuff to get back down to the lows from yesterday, and it really didn't get anywhere anywhere near those lows. So I don't know. I I don't have much in here. I don't have much as resistance. So let's see if it comes in like a soft number that they, they could really rally this thing. There's really nothing up here until nothing 40, up there and there's yeah, nothing there's down not, there. No, no, you're right. You know what you're that right. equation equals? Chop. Chop. You got it, Joel. The trading word of 2022, <laughs> chop. And how do you play chop? You fade everything. <laughs> So, I mean, sometimes these moves are sustained. You're not fading, you know, 1% little moves, but you're fading. Overall, you're fading this, you're fading that. You're getting that whipsaw action. The headline number goes down. Even yesterday, if you're day trading, Joel, something important calling you. But even yesterday, um, you know, we we drop in the first hour and a half, and then they turn around, they start buying them again, and then they seem to buy them all afternoon. (laughs) We had two days that were virtually identical, really. You know, we got hammered on the 10th. Way down around eleven o'clock, they started their buying shoes on. They stopped, kept buying them all day. Yesterday was the same thing, just not as extreme. Where we were down near the lows around eleven, and they started buying them. They couldn't stop buying them all day. Yeah. So again, I guess you know, just fading is the way you got to be trading. You're really, I love this market. You're really got into my head. I. It, it's sometimes I feel like Dennis is like a parent, and he's like has to repeat the same. I try to. Oh, that's all times. I do is repeat myself. I'm you're right. I know, and I you you have been to, to your credit, you've been repeating yourself. A nauseum for several months now um and it yesterday for whatever reason it like finally sunk into my brain and and i just like everywhere i went every chart i, I looked at I, I you know i was seeing i was seeing yo-yos i was seeing pogo sticks right up down up down up down and i i couldn't i couldn't get out of my head so you know i'm i i i half seriously said i should just sell everything today and buy it back in two days after we sell off a little bit It'd probably work but it, it probably would work honestly I uh, uh, so here and 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 we might as well like we're gonna go out of order here for a second we go to china and then where do, where you, biochin okay. but where i want to go to the china stocks because it's it applies here what are you saying joel what's up oh what okay because i'm looking at the yard stream yeah, I, yeah. I i see what you're i see what yeah. you're looking at here yeah so i'm looking yeah i'm looking at the schedule and so we're right. going out we're of supposed order? to go to biogen next and we get in trouble they dock or pay when we need to go over there but anyways china just kidding uh china Okay. So obviously, I bought those couple free. of stocks. Yeah, I bought those couple stocks yesterday or three, when, uh, four days ago. I bought JD. We said yeah. I said it on the show. I bought JD for the long term account, and I bought Baidu for the long term account. I bought JD. I believe around sixty five dollars. It's seventy eight dollars four days later. I put this in the long term account because I kind of was liking the fundamentals, but I'm like. I'm looking at this, and what's 13 points on 65? What's that quick? Joel, give me that math. It sounds to me like it's close to 20%. Yeah. 13 divided by 65 is 20% right on the button. I'm up 20% on that purchase in four days. I mean, I almost have to sell it. 
I mean, you just made 20%. You just got half the move back in four days. That's it. Yep. I just put it got that over half the move back. I mean, what the gift horse in a mouth thing um, that you always say. But I look at Baidu. I'm not up quite as much in Baidu. I believe I bought the Baidu at 143, I think, 144. I can't remember. Right in there, 145 maybe even. But 160, so you know, roughly 10, 12% on that one too. I mean, this is what you got to do. If those are on for trades, they'd be long gone. I stuck them in the long-term account, so I kind of, you know, was supposed to hold them long-term. But when you make 20% in four days, it's like, like you're saying, Spencer, why don't I sell it? Because I'll probably be able to rebuy it at 70 in a week. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, if you if you don't know why China's up this morning, they had their own CPI ad overnight, and CPI in China for December was only up. One again, this is what the numbers say. If you want to go into the whole thing, if you want, but the numbers say 1.5 percent uh, is what inflation was in December uh, compared to a year ago, which was lower than the consensus 1.8 percent estimate. So, uh, inflation in China not as bad as the estimates were, according to the government, and that is why all Chinese stocks are rallying this morning. So, Dennis, uh, great job here. Um, great entry. I haven't done the exit yet, though. So, do you sell it, Joel? Like, when you stick it in the long-term account, you're not supposed to be selling and trading your long-term account. But when you're a long-term account, on a stock like JD, we're not in some, you know, flying biotech here. On a stock like JD, gets back half the move. It's in the doghouse. Gets back half the move in four days. Don't you ring the register? I'm uh, I, I have a, it's a small position. They're both small positions, but. I don't know. Uh, well, tell me what to do, it, chat. You bid. ring the register it's or not? It's bid here. I mean, can you hold out for eighty? You got yeah, a daily high at Maybe. 80, 80. You got a daily high. I know at you want to stick around for the last buck or not? When you just made fourteen overnight, I, I think the bigger question is: I'm not supposed to be trade. I don't like trading my long term account. I stick something in the long term account. It's supposed to be in there, not for four days. Yeah. So stick to your rules. And, and the rules cost me money a lot of times because my trading instincts are usually right. So I know like I've, I've had some instances where, oh, I put that in a long-term account. And then I watched all the profits fade away into oblivion and saying, why did I not sell some of that and then rebuy it right now? Again, not trying to trade your long-term account. You know, that's why it's supposed to be long-term investing and short-term trading. 8240. All right. I'm just going to give you some potential resistance levels if you can, you know, if you can just hold on to your hat first. I mean, it's already traded, right? So a lot a lot of the price is factored over, in, yes. but, it, yeah. but it's holding. I mean, it's just holding here. I mean, could you put a stop in at like 77 and forget about it and see yeah. what happens today? Uh, that's I, I think you get thing. stopped out on everything. Okay. I think that's just the way this market works. It'll like tank down to 76.95, stop you, and then rip to 80. It's the way this this is the worst market. Here's a nice educational uh, three minutes of education. When you are in shop markets, if you're using the stops, you get stopped out on everything. You know, that's the problem with, you know, it's like the risk management's really hard in a choppy market. And that's why a lot of people, a lot of very good traders really struggle in this environment because it it is just, you know, chopping. So it's hitting all the stops. And, you know, there's not as little maybe for whatever reason, you know, we're trying to figure out where we want to go. But when you're going like this, stopped out on both sides all the time. The, the stop is actually, in essence, selling the dip and buying the rip. <laughs> yeah, it's really what it's doing. So it's doing the opposite. So it's tough to use stops when you have this much chop. And I'm not saying just you know, throw risk management out the window, but you got to go wider. You got to give yourself more. Because if you're giving yourself like a one-point stop on JD, you're probably getting stopped out 90% of the time because it's going to chop you up. So it's tricky. I mean, I've never – I've always had – some trouble separating the long-term investing from the trading and the trading creeps into my long-term investment portfolio. I have some hard, long, you know, like, you know, I've had MasterCard in there for like a decade. I've had Avvi in there since birth. Um, you know, I've had Apple in there forever. I've had Google in there for like eight years. Those have been great. And and the my best long-term holdings are the ones I never touched, the ones yeah. I never traded. You know what I think it is with you, Dennis, is, uh, and this is uh, obvious, but it, it's like a momentum thing. The longer you've held something, 
the harder it is for you to sell it, I think, right? And yeah. Well, you can get over that hump. It's right. like I, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting sure, it in. It's like I'm not sure what that threshold is. When maybe it's uh-huh. a year, maybe it's a year for you, where like, well, if you've held something for more than a year, you're significantly less likely to sell it. But uh, you yeah. have a very hard time. You have a very hard time holding things that you've just bought, even if you intended to hold them long term. Uh, when you get out twenty percent in four days, it's like the trader in me says, "Yeah, give your head a shake. Head you take the money and yeah. run." But trading gods give you a gift like that. You take the money and run. But I don't know. And then Baidu is the same story. So those are the only two stocks. I, I think I bought something else the other day. I can't remember. But you know, the, my main two stocks that I bought are JD and Baidu. And I, we know I said I put those in the long term portfolio. <laughs> I I don't know what you do here because I also told Joel, uh, you know, when it was just him and I this morning, and I was like, well. Now, if you're if you're buying Alibaba or Body or Judy now, at least now you're not catching a falling knife. And yes, I know they've already come up a, like a long way. I know I'm I'm doing it backwards, right? But I I would feel a little bit more comfortable like taking a longer term position now. I don't know, bro. Do I? I don't even know what I feel. I don't know what I feel. I don't know. One sixty <laughs> fills a gap, but I mean that was hard. You know, that's on the time. Dennis, I, I I know how you can really get them to go down. Sell half. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm always wrong. Yeah, when I sell half. Yeah, sell half. Because then I because I'm like a glass half empty type of guy, so that's a lose lose. That's a guaranteed 100 piss me off trade. Because <laughs> if I sell half and it goes up, I'll be like, why in the hell did I sell yeah, half? I and if it goes back down, I'll be like, why the hell didn't I sell it all? So <laughs> when you sell half, you're guaranteed mad. <laughs> but if you're glass half full type of guy like Jeremy Newsome. Then you'd be like, oh, you know, this is great. I still got a piece of the action when it's going up and it sells off. So well, at least I sold half. <laughs> you know, this kind of it's kind of feels like your your uh your trades for um the turn of the year, you know, where you were like those are all wrong. I, I know, I know, them. but I kind of feel like you're right to you know, like you like oh, I was right on. There's no doubt I was right. I bought $65.78. It's like, how do, can I make the right trade go wrong by holding on too long? Though? Look this at the, the monthlies, market. though, Dennis. Just just zoom out. I think uh, our, look, look at the monthlies on this J, on this Baidu, baby. Right, look at no. this. I mean, this thing could just be getting going. Oh, look okay. So well, I, 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 I thought you were going to make the opposite conclusion. I was going to say sell. 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 Mortimer. Get in there. Sell. Sell, Mortimer. Hard. I don't know. And then Dennis's point about the stops only applies for physical stops. Obviously, a mental stop is completely different. It's the same thing. I mean, no, it's, it's not. A mental stop can be can be massaged. Can be. <laughs> That's not supposed to happen, though. So I say stops. I, if you put up a stop, I rarely put the stop in there. I'm close enough to the market where if it gets to the price, then I would just sell or you can set an alert. Yeah. Um, so you don't have the physical stop on the book. So you don't have stop hunters actually running you, which I don't know in this environment how much stop hunt, hunting is going on. There's so much chop and stuff. Maybe there is, but maybe that's always existed. But I always think it's better, you know, that somebody doesn't actually see your stop. So I don't yeah. like sending the stop to the exchange. I mean, some of the brokers keep it in the internal system too. I believe IB. Yeah. I'm not 100% on that, but I believe it's kept on the platform. So it's not like sent to the exchange where the exchange can do and you know maybe sell that order. We don't know what happens. They're supposed to keep it anonymous, but you know we know sometimes there may be some you know not as anonymous as you'd like it to be. But you'd hope that when your broker's holding it, your order, you know, it depends on your broker, obviously. That you know maybe they don't know about that stop. I think if you're at like a Robinhood and I don't trade on Robinhood, they're probably they're, that's probably not being held on the platform. But I don't know. Some brokerages do hold them on the platform. But regardless, I mean, if it hits your price, it hits your price, and then you're getting out. Um, it's just the type of environment where stops are, are troublesome. And, you know, and, and and I like stops, but when you're in, like, really choppy markets, you get stops. They get you. They get, yeah, you. they get you. Yeah, well, the best way to keep your stops secret is to keep them locked up in here. And no one knows. Anyway, let's go back to Biogen. Here. We, we Biogen. Let's go back to Biogen. This was the big news of the after-hours session. Um, and uh, apologies uh, from, from us to you because uh, both Joel and I uh, had mentioned yeah. this and forgotten to bring it up yesterday or the day before. Um, so because because I, I didn't know that there was a there's a hearing today, but the decision came out yesterday after the close and the decision came from let me make sure I get the organization right. The uh, the CMS, right, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and they were basically offering up their opinion on whether to uh, offer uh, Adrihelm, right, Biogen's Alzheimer's drug, whether to offer that uh, on Medicare and Medicaid. And 
the the initial uh, conclusion seems to be yes, they're going to offer it with a big caveat, and that caveat is it's only going to be available to patients who are enrolled in the clinical trials and, and that's and and who are showing symptoms, right? That's basically it, which severely limits the population of people who who have access to this drug. So that's the first thing. The second thing is this is not a final decision. This is um it's never a final decision. <laughs> Nothing's yeah. ever a final decision. That's also, that's also a good point. Uh, this is uh, the start of a 30-day window now where they're going to take public comments and then maybe reassess it 30 days, but uh, uh, this was the initial decision out last night. Uh, so uh, it it will it would limit access to Biogen's drug. Uh, I should note that this drug is seems like it, it it seems like it's been doomed from the beginning, and I, I only say that. Kind because, of. I only say that because you know the price was like fifty fifty six thousand dollars when they cut it in half, so it's now it's like twenty eight grand a year. Um, uh, several major hospital systems have have said that they're not going to prescribe it. Like I think the, uh, the the Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic, are just not prescribing it. Um, so sales sales have been minuscule according to Stat News. So. Or I, I said uh, negligible was the term that they used. Um, so this drug, it just seems like it's been doomed from the beginning. Um, but that, there's your Biogen news, and that is why the stock is doing what it's doing. This uh, and and just incredible movement on the headlines. So let's talk about how headlines are written and you know how news algos don't yeah. dig into the details very well. I mean, the original, you know, first line, read us the first line again, Spencer, if you can, just from the release, because if you're a news algo and you read that first line, you're like, this is bullish. Yeah. So, so, so the very beginning, uh, the very first sentence in the decision summary, this is on the website. This is on the Medicare, yeah. on, on the CMS website. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. It says the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services proposes to cover FDA-approved monoclonal antibodies directed against amyloid for the treatment of Alzheimer's under coverage with evidence development. So basically, like the first sentence says, yes, we we propose to cover this drug, but you had to keep reading to get to the part about only patients in clinical trials, and you have to show symptoms. So. And so what happened was you can see this initial spike and it is a violent spike. So this stock went and closed Biogen and I was watching this as hit lighting up my up filter, closed at 241. It ticked up to 259 in the first yeah, few yeah. seconds before you could even see the release because you know everybody's you know faster. The HFT algos are all over at the news algos. So I'm like, okay, well, there's obviously Alzheimer's news. Biogen just ripped up. I even tweeted out, just ripped up 19 points. And then not even 30 seconds later, they must have read the second sentence. And then they're like, oh my gosh, it's bearish. Pull the bits. Pull the bits. Shut the news algo off. We're getting killed here. Dennis, Dennis, man, you are feeling good, buddy. Don't tell me you're sick or nothing like that. You are like, I love that again. The news algo, we're losing money. Billy, what are you... get to the chopper. We're in trouble here. That's Arnold. <laughs> that's Arnold Schnort, uh, Arnold, right? Schwarzenegger. Ar Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, hey, get to the chopper. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Short, yeah. Sh Schwarzenegger. Right. Yeah, right. Okay. Yep. His kid went to Michigan, I think. Uh, no, and, oh, no, yeah, no, him and no, Maria's no, kid. No, uh, no, what no. do you do here, Dennis? But anyways, uh, they pulled the rug out from under it, and then it fell forty straight bucks in the next like. 10 seconds so news algo assassinated on it yeah i don't know i'm, I'm long biogen for this is one of the first stocks i've ever bought I, I think i've honestly owned this for 17 years i'm not joking i might have even owned this for 20 years i'm in from 35 bucks or 40 dollars i mean i'm up a thousand percent or whatever it is and i guess it's not anymore because the stock's come down so far i probably should have sold at 450 and rebought it all here but i'm holding i'm in it forever so the stock's actually cheap I mean, you know, we, we all know this drug is a lottery ticket. It's not the be-all, end-all. The company, you know, is maybe out of favor, but you got great support down here at 215. Yeah, uh, if I If I didn't own any, I'd probably buy the dip, to be honest, because I don't think they're going to hammer this 40, 50 bucks because you know what? They make so much other money from other stuff, and this company is huge. I mean, and Lily's getting hit on this too. It's not the death of the drug. It's not the end of the drug. 
And obviously, when everybody's buying it up at four fifty, you know that was capitulation that was of the upside. Crazy. That was yeah, crazy. down twenty two bucks because Medicare is not going to cover it, and and you know obviously it's not great news. But at the same time, this drug is not all. This isn't. This is, was a lottery ticket for Biogen. We never what thought if, this drug would get approved, anyways. Yeah. What if that? Yeah. What if the people in the trial? You know, that use it and get positive results. I don't know how long you're going to have to wait for that. But, uh, yeah, but it, again, it's such a small number of people, though. You know what I mean? Is like yeah. That, that's. Yeah. So you're Joel's right. But that that would take a while to play out. It's very expensive. There's a lot of side effects. It's I think you're dumping manage. it. I think if you're dumping it now, though, like, I don't know. Maybe it's it's an ugly like, stock's been a downtrend for ever since the 450 that day. So, yeah, and, you know, it, but it's pulled enough. It's about, what's a P on this thing? Like seven? Seriously, wow. we're in a value-oriented market. What is the P on Biogen? No, it's, it's, not that it's, low. it's under 10. It's not that low. No, Flux. it's not. It's like, it? it's, it's in the 30s. Oh, I'm no, not aware. Wait, wait, I'm not on the, wrong, wait, wait, wait. I'm on the wrong number. There's no way. <laughs> I wouldn't own it if it was in the 30s. Not. I was looking at market cap. Uh, the forward P is 12. Okay, so 12. You, you win this round. Yeah, twelve. I mean, that's t- that's par for the course for a lot of these pharmaceutical companies. So I don't know. It's, you're dumping it here because oh, that's not covering. I I I'm not saying it's going to bounce back, but I don't think it's going down fifty bucks today. So folks are getting bullish here ahead of the report. Here we're uh we're just inching up. Cover those shorts. The, what if yeah, we got good. CPI? Oh, I, I just want to thank everyone in the chat for acknowledging my amazing joke that these guys did not even get before but that's I okay. missed it all together well, I, I, I stopped to emphasize it and you you both you still missed it we didn't know i said arnold schwarzenegger were you making fun of me the way i said Short, it schwarzenegger oh my gosh okay we're moving shorts shorts okay shorts uh, yeah yeah oh, oh i didn't right. catch shorts Man. oh my shorts. shorts the oh, chat the must shorts. be the chat must be channeling Spencer. I don't know on that one. I know I you said it. I, I know I kind of stuttered when I this said it. So I know. This is brutal. All right, let, let's move this away. Is, Schwarzenegger. I let's talk about shorts are taking else, over. man. Let's talk right. about. I uh, got okay. it. Skip on over down to CPI because that's what we have here coming up in three, three four, four, minutes. four minutes. I got to go wide here. I talked to you for one more minute, but then I got to go wide. Four, four minutes. Okay, here are the expectations. Uh, again, you, you can argue whether these are even useful, but uh, uh, we have to measure against something, right? So there's two things we can measure against. We can measure against the estimates, and we can measure against last month's figure, which is what we're going to do here today. So uh, the estimate for today is for CPI to, in, in December, to have gone up 0.4% month over month, and then that would be a 7% year-over-year increase. Those are the estimates. 0.4% month-over-month, 7% year-over-year. Core CPI, which excludes food and energy, would come in at uh, half a percent month-over-month and 5.5% year-over-year. So those are our numbers. Uh, Key key numbers here, 0.4 and 7. 0.4 and 7 are your uh, regular old CPI numbers, Um, and we're going to watch and see um, what uh, what comes in. and this will inform the conversation for the day, basically, because this is it. This is inflation. This is what. How are you feeling, Joel? I mean, there's no, there's no reason. I mean, if if you're shorted into this thing, there's not much there. So if it takes out the pre market high, you got to go now. If they don't, if it's a super hot number and we start to come down, so hot. Yeah, the close. Keep an eye on the close at 05. So that's it. I mean, when I. Well, I tell you, I can't find resistance, folks. I, I, you know, I'm not joking. That doesn't mean there isn't any out there. There ain't a lot of support either is a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chop is going to be the word. I'm going to say it again. We're going to see a fake out one way. We're going to say a fake out the other way. We're going to see five fake outs before we get a trend. I'm going to call that. Yes. Well, um, what about, what about like the way the, uh, off the, um, what was the, the last number that we had, the unemployment number, the futures moved and the stocks didn't. Remember that? That was uh, that was so strange. But- oh, that could happen again. Yeah. This, if you see this so much chop, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go hit the bid. Oh, wait, the futures are bouncing back. I'm going to go take lift that offer. Oh, wait, they're selling off again. It's kind of how it goes. I mean, the so, algos are on it, but they're not on it at the same time. You know, you go during the tougher. day, 9.30, they're all online. 8.30, they're like, oh, we don't know the exact value, so we just won't trade. 
Yeah, exactly. exactly. All right, I'm for, going for wide. Reference. You guys have two minutes to discuss things amongst yourselves. So for, for reference, if the estimates uh, are correct here, uh, it would be the eighth month in a row of inflation above 5%. And, um, you know, <laughs> it, it's funny because for – uh, for how many years the Fed said, yeah, we're comfortable with like 2%, 3%, but we don't really want inflation going that, going above that. And then they say, oh, uh, yeah, we're actually, never mind. We're, we're going to let inflation go uh, and and go it, go it has. It, it, it has been going. So, again, 7% year over year would be your, your headline estimate for the day. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, let's see how the number compares to that. We're going to be watching, obviously, um, Autos, right, is is a big one, right? Durable goods is a big one, right? Food, gas, these are all the things that people experience every day. So um gonna be watching all that. We have under a minute now, Joel. If you can pull up the S P futures. I do, I got the minute chart here. Uh leading bullish into the report. I'm just at look that little pop, so that makes me bearish. But let's just see what happens. The you know, the at the pre-market or yeah, that pre-market high is eighteen seventeen. Uh, or 1875, and Thursday's high was right in that area. So, you know, three points. You can't say it really went through it. Uh, coming back on the downside, the only thing I can give you is that close at uh, 4705. Uh, they just whooshed her down and back up. Wow. Yeah, the number's not even out yet. <laughs> and the order's not even out. Look at that. Holy mackerel. Someone, you talk about stop hunting right there. Holy mackerel, what a move. And the number's still not out. Someone got the number, I'm telling you. And it's good, right? We had to quit. We printed like, oh, there we go. There there. We go. It, it, it was right in line. It was right in line. Sorry, I was refreshing the page and it, it, it didn't refresh until. It, it didn't update until my third refresh, but it wasn't in line, right? CPI seven uh, percent in December, which is right where estimates were, right? And it's a, a smidgen above uh, the pre- November's reading. November was six point eight percent, so seven percent year over year estimates were 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 right in line there, month over month, half a percent. Estimates were pretty much in line there. I'm not going to split hairs between 0.5 and 0.4 percent. So the estimates were pretty much on the ball here. Okay, so. There we go. I'm gonna do a reset here. I mean that 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 07 print. I'm gonna throw that out, and I'm gonna throw out the 2575 print, and I'm just gonna stick with the the real, you know, that uh, 1875. We're starting to tail off a little bit, uh, but boy, someone jumped the gun here. Uh, holding steady. We were right at this area before the number. Nothing definitive here. Uh, just went wide and just got a lot of people. Now it seems like firming up, catching a bit. Told you there wasn't much. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Up here as far as resistance, uh I can't see. Now, once again, the stocks are, they're not ticking. Like, I'm looking at J.P. Morgan. It's up 49 cents at 67.98. They're waiting. I thought uh, Apple's moving within a 10, 15 cent range. Uh, but I think they yeah. like it. I think they like what Mr. Uh, 
how Mr. Powell's engineering this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, if you want to, you know, if you have a bone to pick, you could say, well, Core CPI came in a little bit higher than expected. Core CPI came in at 0.6% um, versus the 0.5% month over month estimate there. Uh, so food and food and energy, take that out of the equation. And, and, and Core CPI came, and CPI came in a little higher. But um, yeah, I mean, all things considered, this is actually a pretty... It's a pretty good number. I, yeah, I mean, it's not crazy one way or the other, right? And I think that's that's what the market wants to see, and that's also probably what they're extrapolating. Jerome Powell wants to see, right? And the Fed wants to see. So, um, yeah, all in all, I'm, I'm you know I'm looking at around just as you are, Joel. I'm looking for uh, for movers here. You know, the TLT did move off that a little. Yeah, what's the TLT do? I'm still looking. I mean, is this stock in my quotes? I mean, JP Morgan sixty eight thirteen. Up sixty four cents. I'm lo- I'm looking at the top components, and they're hardly ticking here. Uh, yeah. Tesla's moving a little bit. We're ripping higher. This is always though. This is when you have chop like this, and you don't have directional. They won't move. They're trying sure. to figure it out because how do you do it? You got to think the logic behind it. What's happening? Because it's not HFT algorithms running the pre market. They they run it a little bit. They'll run yeah. it on S and P's against the futures. But it's hard to do the stocks because half of the S and P isn't even like got a decent market, so right. it's hard to run it. So you have humans, so the humans sitting there like me and saying, "Well, <laughs> do I buy or do I sell? Do I buy or do I sell?" You're still chopping around. So I'm like, if if the market, if the futures rip up 25 handles, we're ripping stocks. But when they rip up five and then they sell off five and then they rally five and then they sell off three and then they rally six, there's no, you know, it's hard mm-hmm. to really get the feel as you know. So obviously during the day. It's different because all the all the components are open. They can sell them all. They can buy them all. They can do, do the, the arbitrage more efficiently. Yeah, when you got S P five hundred, you have four hundred of the components that are sitting. You know, a one percent market. You know, literally one percent wide or wider. You can't just jump in and you know, boom, and and go all in like that. So that's that's the difference. So if you see a directional bet where it's okay, this is obviously bad news. Then you know, and the market's tanking off it, they're going to start hitting the stocks. In the opposite, this is obviously good news. Market starts ripping; they're going to buy the stocks. When you see a, the stocks aren't going to move much because they're trying to still figure out where we're going. Because you turn around and lift, you know, an offer up on a stock half a percent. Now the futures all of a sudden just pull the rug off money. It's like, okay, well I have no bids to hit. So it's you know even you know you can bring up a stock even like Microsoft is sitting 30, 40 cents wide right now. Well, that's not a lot, but it's enough. So you don't want to anyways. give up. Give up the edge on something like that. Uh, yeah. Let's go we'll get Emery. Yeah, Sean Emery is lurking here in the background. I would like his thoughts, uh, initial thoughts on this. So Sean Emery uh, is the founder and the CIO of Avery and Company. We always love having Sean on the show. Let's bring him on right now. Mr. Emery. What's going on? Here? Happy Wednesday. You brought me on a good day. <laughs> yes, we, 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 we picked a great day to have you on. Um, you've Okay, you, you've had a whole four and a half minutes, Sean. Uh, give us your super thought-out take on that side number. Go. Well, f- first off, it's it's not as influential uh, to us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, in terms of how we we think about uh, the companies, right? So big picture that uh, narrowing in on the report itself. Obviously, when when you come in, kind of bang in line with what ex- expectations are. Uh, I think everyone can take a, a, a deep breath um, and kind of. Again, you're looking for deceleration or acceleration. I think that's what most uh, investors are looking for, whether this thing is accelerating out of control as opposed to uh, some sort of decel. So any sort of plateau topping is uh, is something that we're all uh, kind of taking, again, a sigh of relief, deep breath for. Yeah, uh, and that's that's what the number would seem to indicate for for now. Um, much of the same, I'm just looking at the individual, looking at the, 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 the table here on the site, much of the same, right? Obviously, energy... Uh, leading the way in terms of uh, year-over-year inflation and uh, utility services and new vehicles, used vehicles, obviously, you know, so uh, uh, more of the same. But overall, um, yeah, uh, I, I, I take your point and I, I am inclined to agree with it. Um, Sean, you have a couple of uh, growth stocks that are on your mind, you said. You, you have growth stocks that you've been um, nibbling in. I think is that is that right? Yeah, nibbling and then uh, clawing at here. <laughs> clawing at. Uh, okay. Do you yeah. want to? Yeah, you want to uh, share those with us and tell us why? 
Yeah, I think um, the three to, to, to share are really uh, two Zs and, uh, uh, and another, right? It's uh, Zillow, um, it's Fiverr, uh, and it's Zoom. Um, I think uh, uh, three of the three amigos for us. And essentially, again, these were COVID beneficiaries facing tough comps. A lot of their, a lot of what they have done has been fairly sustainable. I think um, you take Fiverr, for example, 2020 was a big year for them. 30 million downloads in terms of the app store downloads uh, going back um, since inception of, of the company. And last year they saw uh, nearly 10 million downloads. So a third of their downloads came in 2021. So again, post uh, 2020. So we saw a kind of an average download volume last year uh, that was higher than any, uh, essentially any month in 2020. And I think that uh, eludes kind of that sustainability there. In addition, look, that chart got absolutely decimated um and decimated means obviously the valuation is coming down um and we were nibbling uh and continuing to grow that as again we believe in the management team we think they do have this durable marketplace that they've built we do think uh four percent of uh, freelancers are online and the, the, everyone else is kind of word of mouth in terms of how you engage with them and and uh just like any other kind of commerce related industry it's going to go online and the one that has kind of these network effects on a marketplace i think uh will win um yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So the, the three stocks you name, right? Zoom, Zillow, uh, Fiverr, the charts all look the same. So like, how, how do you approach this? Cause I know you're, you're a fundamentals guy and you're also not like a super short term trader. So you're looking at this from a little bit of, of a longer perspective and you're relying on the fundamentals. How do you go about getting into, you know, the stocks like these when the charts look the way they do? Yeah. And that's the thing is right. I think you nailed it. They all look the same. And uh, they're all trading together. They all kind of have this factor. You know, there's, you were talking about computers earlier, and obviously computers, uh, generally speaking, in the short term, um, will, will attach to different factors, right? There's factor analysis and things like that. And, and um, you'll attach to these factors, whether it's like the work from home, and, and that is a factor in a sense, right, um, that can be created. But um, when, when they all trade the same, I think, again, you can pick from the rubble and try to find things. So uh, thankfully, we, we've been liking into these things. So I'm talking about uh, small positions to building bigger positions. We have a, a target position that we're trying to get to. Um, and just knowing the nature of how volatile these things were and, and the future of the uh, uh, perception of, of these these companies, we were thankful to, to leg in. Um, and recently, obviously, adding a little bit more. And, and uh, futuristically, if there's any more pressure, we would continue to add more. So that, that's honestly it. At some point, valuation for us is that support um, and, and not technical support, but just we know or have a, a strong um, uh, belief that uh, we're at a point where that true margin of safety is there, where the downside is, is uh, from a valuation perspective, again, is much less uh, than it was before. And, and uh, that, that upside is just totally asymmetric at, at some point. Um, so that's, that's how we've been looking at them, because again, they're, they're all trading together. And that's what ultimately creates the opportunities when a whole space is uh, trading as one as if they're actually related, but Zoom is communications, Fiverr is freelance marketplace, and Zillow is the housing market. And uh, they're actually totally unrelated in, in that sense. Um, and, and again, we think all three have structural tailwinds uh, probably over the next decade. But if we bring that in, at least over the next three to five years. Yeah, it's just two thing, two part question here. First, I was going to ask you, you know, about your time horizon on these, and uh, and then second, I, you know, I know that you're you're trying to accumulate on weakness. Do you ever accumulate on strength on something? You know, on, on these issues, like you know, a prove me point for like I'm looking at Zillow here. If it uh, if in fact it ever gets over sixty five, tell us your time horizon and. Buying on strength, but we also uh, buying on weakness, but we also buy on strength. Yeah. Um, so, so time horizon is three, five, seven years. Obviously, seven years is a long time. Um, but in general, like you, you're you're trying to antis uh, anticipate that far out, right? You're trying to think of like what is the the tailwind here for um, for for Zillow? Is housing moving more digital? Is, is Zoom? Is communications becoming more uh, prolific in terms of how we organize and and do this, right? Um, uh, remote jobs, uh, is that increasing the use of uh, communication tools, but also freelance work? Is wage pressure going to increase the demand for freelance work? Um, those are the type of factors we're trying to uh, assess. So that's ultimately with like the, the time horizon as it relates to uh, buying on strength and weakness. I mean, in theory, look, at, you want to buy on weakness, but at the same time, look, there, there could be that turning point where um, 
whether you, you start to get inflation plateau and, and the fears around growth-related investments are, are no longer as persistent, um, that may be that moment in time where uh, you get a couple days of strength and, and you know what, you're already at a valuation level that you're comfortable with. You already have a position that may be around or at the cost basis. And uh, it's time to say, okay, well, um, most of that, that those uh, information or headline uh, headwinds are somewhat out of the way. Again, that's a call you make at that point in time. Um, so we will buy on strength. Um, and as the, the business continues to execute, should they execute uh, a quarter from now, a quarter after that, um, you can buy on, on strength as well. Because valuation does change, right? If, if a business accelerates and more buyers and more sellers uh, join these platforms or, or they launch a new product, um, you may have considerable amount of strength over the last, let's say, year uh, as a hypothetical. And, um, and you buy that. Uh, I think that's 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 key. Uh, we've done that in the past, and generally speaking, uh, we, we look at 52-week low lists uh, pretty pretty aggressively, and that that list is pretty long these days. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, I just want to note here: broader market is it, the tr the trend has made itself clear at this point, right? Broader market is rallying. Crypto is rallying big this morning. Ethereum and Bitcoin uh, blasted off on that on that. It's fascinating. We just yeah. it's like. Uh, I think crypto is an incredible, um, right? In general, like uh, the, the fears around inflation, yet this thing gets smashed uh, for the same time period. Uh, and then and then here, kind of, you're, you're getting that connection or correlation to, to stocks, again, in the, in the near, near term, um, in terms of like risk on. It's more like a risk on, risk off, it feels like, as opposed to any sort of hedge versus uh, anything, at least at this stage and day to day. Yeah, yeah go ahead, Joel. It seems though is that uh, you know with these three issues, you're looking at the you know the landscape of the markets, you know from the last two years, and you're you're going you know with the, I want to call these like stay at home stocks. I mean, I guess Zoom was so from a from a fundamental point of view, um, you know you're looking at the you know the changes that happened you know in the workplace and also the marketplace with houses. You're kind of you're kind of looking at it as like you're, you're banking on these the changes that happened are, are permanent. And that's why you're bullish these stocks. Yeah, I think the housing uh, situation is most people start their journey online and 56% and, uh, of all downloads last year were Zillow related assets in the real estate market. Um, and so that's a big stat. I mean, that, that's some serious dominance. They're about showing time, which is more of a CRM uh, for agents. There's a million agents using that platform. Uh, look, Zillow offers was really the dislocation, the dislocating like uh, news uh, that's really uh, uh, created some fear. In addition, like if, if you think inflation is going to run hot for however long you think, I mean, I don't know how you can think that without thinking housing is going to do fairly well in terms of pricing, as it's just a huge component of CPI. Um, and what does that do for uh, an asset that advertises against housing prices? Um and so that's one thing. Obviously, all the other home-related assets that as well should uh, do well in that environment as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, structural winners. I think that's the best way to characterize them. And, and again, you go back two years ago, March, April, May, June of 2020, um, and these stocks exploded higher. I mean, we were hesitant to touch those. I mean, it was kind of like a prove me that this is sustainable. We're two years in. Zoom had 350 million downloads last year. Um, Teams had 175 million downloads last year. It's still a top, it's the number one business app in the world. Look, demand, we shouldn't expect the same type of usage or growth that it had in the past, mm. but they do have a big audience and new products to attach uh, to this huge audience. So that's kind of how we're thinking about it. Valuation-wise, you're paying 30, 35 times uh, this business today with uh, heavy margins, nice cash position, uh, and, and a huge audience to sell new products into, whether it's contact center, phones, and, and the like. So I think, uh, yeah, when you step back, that's it. I think the wild card for Zoom would just be as if they can come out, and obviously they have a huge user base, they come out with like another product, like something else. Like what's on the horizon? Is there, are they cooking anything up there, Sean? Do you have, like, do you know if they're like got some other ideas? Because if they could monetize their user base in a different way, I think they're all of a sudden not a one trick pony anymore. Yeah, so Zoom Phone, that's number one. They have 2.5 million seats using Zoom Phone. 4% of their user base is using it today. So they're, they're very low penetrated. Um, mm -hmm. They have 30 uh, plus customers that have 10,000 seats, right? So they, they have reference uh, customers that they can go and, and sell into. 
Um, and this is cloud-based kind of communication, like phone systems, right? And, and that hasn't even evolved really at all. So we're really in the early stages of that. Uh, we think they can sell that. They, they also spoke about ads, right? And yesterday they were at a conference. And I think that's actually some of the, the stableness and maybe some of these uh, tech-related companies is uh, there, were, there were tech conferences all yesterday that everyone's getting to like ask questions and, hey, is, there, is demand slowing? Is it speeding up? Is anything happening? Um, but ads, I talked about ads. So some of the free users, um, specifically internationally, uh, using ads as a way to no longer do you have to have the 40 minute limit and you can watch an ad or things like that. So creating an ad network around it. Um, you also have contact center. They tried to buy five, nine, obviously that got shot down, uh, but they're going to launch five, nine, this, or, uh, a contact center this year. We think contact center in general is a big space. Twilio went into that and, and some others. Um, and then chat and messaging. So they're trying to obviously create the Slackish like um, tool. I think, again, I, I agree with what you said, and that's always been our thesis is you got to get past just a meeting um, yeah. and, and move into something where you open it daily as your email, as something else. I've been advocating buy an email service uh, that's out there, one of the second, third tier ones um, and, and or messaging platforms. There's plenty of, of, of good ones out there. It's just valuations. It's uh, as they've come down, I think, Potentially, they'll be more aggressive. They, they hinted towards that yesterday uh, in the call, the CFO, um, that they possibly will be more aggressive here. And they also have a venture fund, just to throw that out there. It's a uh, $100 million fund, um, and they have 20 investments in that today. So they're, they're definitely uh, circling yeah. the wagons against things that use their service. Hey, I, it takes some guts to come out you know, and say, yes, we are nibbling and clawing at Zoom and Zillow and Fiverr, uh, but hey, Credit to you, Sean. Uh, you know, uh, I hope it works out, um, and, and we'll have to keep tabs and see see how it goes for you. But Sean Emery is the founder. One, one more, one yeah. more out of me here. Uh, why do you pref- uh, prefer Zillow over um, Open Door or Redfin, or do you? Do you like those stocks too, or is there something about uh, Zillow that uh, makes it more attractive to you? Open O P E N, and then yeah. Redfin R D F N. Yeah, so Open Door is obviously more of an iBuyer. Um, or is an iBuyer. Um, I think that interesting space and, and, uh, I think they could be, a, they could attach into a Zillow platform at some point uh, they're frenemies right now and, or they're more enemies now. And then hopefully in the future, they're, they're frenemies. Um, and you have the marketplace where people come to a Zillow platform. I think it's just scale. I think that's the only, that's the way we look at it is the sheer dominance in terms of, uh, the stats I gave earlier, 56% of all real estate downloads last year were Zillow related apps, whether it's truly a street easy. Uh, Zillow, Zillow Rentals. Um, I think that's your scale is what we're looking for. The price you're paying for their core business is 16 times kind of the EBITDA of that that core business today. Um, Zillow offers will get off the books hopefully over the next uh, two quarters, uh, and you'll start to see that. And I think that's really where the the, the turning point from a perception standpoint. Uh, Redfin, good company. Uh, I, I wouldn't say necessarily a great company, just given their um, their, uh, scale. I think it's a, it's a scale game, right. Um, in, in this business, Redfin's a good company, so there's nothing wrong with Redfin. Uh, I just prefer the okay. best in class leader there. Sean Emery, uh, CIO of Avery company. Check him out. Uh, also on Twitter at underscore Sean, David, uh, Sean, uh, always a pleasure, man. Have a good one. Thanks, Sean. Right, Alrighty. Um, Hey, um, the market has stopped going up for the mo- for the moment here, uh, but uh, we hit thirty fifty. You know, like I said, I, I you know I can't I can't give you a resistance. You know, is if there is any. So as the market you know matures here, going into the open, uh, we are now one hundred and fifty points off that uh, yeah. that low from Monday. Uh, just got to get through the pre market high. That's what I'll do. If we can, you know, hold up here. Get through the pre-market high. Keep on going. Sustain above forty-seven thirty. I have nothing, Dennis. What are you seeing out We're there? We're starting to see time? some separation between value and growth. So they kind of bought everything off the hop, like where they mm-hmm. chopped it around. But then when they started buying about fifteen minutes ago, ten minutes ago, they started just buying all stocks. But now they're separating them. Some of the banks have actually ticked lower here as yes, TLT has creeped that. higher. So we know there's an inverse correlation between the TLT and the banks as TLT has creeped higher and now gone into the green. It was red a little while ago. Bank America has now turned red. Um, We've got Citigroup has given back all of its gains. It was up earlier and now it is actually almost red. Goldman Sachs has turned red. JP Morgan has turned red. So you are seeing some uh, profit taking in some of the value names 
Uh, Burke is still up, but it's starting to get offered. So um, you're seeing a little separation. It's definitely more tech-driven here this morning. Some of your big mega caps are trading higher here. A lot of smaller ones are, are building on those big gains that they saw yesterday. I'd imagine I brought up ARC, but yes, ARC is up 1%, having an okay morning here. A little bit of a continuation from what we saw the last couple of days where value has lagged a little bit and they've been coming back into the growth names because they were simply oversold. So is this the start of a new growth rally? I don't think so. I think, um, you know, I think eventually they'll pull the rug out from underneath these names again here. I think if ARK, ARKK gets up to 90 on a technical basis, that was the support where we broke down from on the triple bottom. You can see back in December, yep. first low, middle of December, next low, January, no such thing as a triple bottom, took it out. Now you come back up to that point to retest as the 90 hold. I think it does. So I think you're selling growth names into the rally as ARKK approaches 90. And maybe they were just looking for a little bit of hotter number, you know, for the banks. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think we look at it and we're like, okay, well, what do we do with this number? It's kind of in line. So what does that mean? And the market, that's why I was kind of, yeah, didn't know what to do off the hop because oh, if it's hot, we know where we're going. You know, if it's, you know, obviously a not so hot number, we know where we're going. But when it just comes on and it's like basically in line, which for the most part, Spencer, you've probably had time to dive into it a little bit deeper. It still looks like it was pretty much in line with expectations, correct? Well, in line, but also like in line with the estimate, but also in line with, with prior months, right? And so, yeah. and to Sean's point, what the, what this number shows is that December uh, was just a, it, it was a slight, but acceleration, but it was an acceleration, right? Inflation did increase. Um, so even though it was like a, yeah, we called it like type of thing, the trend is still pretty obvious and inflation is still going up right that's the that's the takeaway it, it went up a little bit but it went up nonetheless yeah inflation's still creeping up we haven't got a handle on it they haven't done anything to get a handle on it yet though i mean they haven't even started tapering for crying out loud so eventually they're gonna have to do something to get a handle on this we know this is why then the market's been spooked on a lot of the growthy names and some of the other stuff and why they've been buying the banks because eventually they do have to tackle this problem it's not going to go away on its own I mean, the uh, consumer mindset, it's going to be a hard thing to get in check because the consumer mindset has changed. It has changed from being, you know, stingy to like, oh, I don't really need to buy that to be like, well, we just went through a pandemic. We were locked in our homes there, you know, a year ago, a year and a half ago. Um, I'm not going on as vacations maybe as much as I'm going to do, but I'm going to buy stuff because you know what? It makes me happy. And that's YOLO this thing. Because we don't know like when the next, you know, like the mindset's changed, even on myself. Like I've always been like, you know, I go in the grocery store and I buy what's on sale because I'm kind of cheap. I'm like, you know what? You only live once here. The money can't take it with you. We kind of realize that. So the consumer mindset has changed to be a spender, which probably continues to drive the economy overall. But that does not keep inflation in check. People are paying up and they're actually not minding. You know, they're still buying the products despite paying up. So you get price gouging from companies. We're seeing this in a number of industries here now. Like I said, in the building industry, it's everywhere. Like there's just price escalation on everything because they're like, why not? Everything else is going up. We're going up too, even though they don't have to. So, and then you've got the wage inflation pressures behind that. That lags because people are making as much money. So they got to, you know, make more money to pay for the escalated prices. So that's yeah. going to push up prices too. It's going to be a really hard thing to get in check. There are so many competing weights and balances to, to, to factor into the equation here in terms of like, you know, how to think and how to feel about it. Because, you you know, Dennis talked about you know, us being in a, in a spending and in, in people willing to spend money. That's a, that's what you want. That's a good thing. You want people spending money. You obviously don't want the value of that money going down um, on a relative basis, but but spending a, a, a strong a, a consumer that's spending is better than a consumer that's not spending. So um, I don't know. There's just a lot to think about here, but lots and lots to digest. And I, yeah. I just think overall, it, it's a really tough market to call. And anybody who says they've got to figure it out for 2022 is lying or they're fooling themselves because this we can say okay, it's likelihood that inflation is going to stick around. It's likelihood that banks, you know. But, you know, again, you know, when you're seeing a CPI at 7%, is it going to keep running at that or is it going to go down to 6 And everybody's like, oh, we're fixed the problem because it came in a little bit. I mean, Joel, I mean, that's what we're going to do is we've, we've raised the expectation so of high. inflation. We're yeah. not going back to 2%. Just like it looks like houses, housing, you know, 
and the market or our interest rates aren't going back you know up to four five six seven percent they're going to go up and creep up but they can't go up that high the same thing with inflation if we come down and we're only running at five and a half or five or four it's going to be declared a victory even though the long term you know if we go back to six months ago the fed's long-term goal of inflation was two Well, that's long gone. I don't think they're going to see two for a very long time. Their goal is just to get it to stop going up. Like stop, you know, we don't want to see start seeing seven, eight, nine percent, which I don't think you're going to. I think the Fed will keep that in check, but I think you're going to run at six, seven percent for a while. Well, also with the, you know, with the market, you know, holding up and you also talked about it being, you know, market dependent and, you know, instead of data dependent, you know, if the market keeps acting like this, then you know, maybe four hikes are not, you know, out of out of the question. Uh, okay. If the market we'll stays the... up, you're right. If the market okay, can Mr. still Diamond. be at all-time highs and take it in stride, they will keep raising rates, you know, uh-huh. as long as they feel like that the market is taking it in stride. Let's start calling Joel Mr. Diamond after that After that one. Uh, all right. we, we It's 8.58. We got, I know we didn't really do any ticker time here. Let's see if we can do one ticker here. Let, let's, okay. let's, let's at least do one from the chat. I know we we uh, it was a lot of um, macro stuff. Okay, here thought. That. Okay, thoughts on GLD. The, the, let's just do that. That's that's relevant to this conversation. So. Inflation is supposed to be good for gold. We've been in a, the most inflationary environment we've seen in thirty years, and gold's gone nowhere. I mean, it can't go up in this yeah. environment. When's it going to go up? Um, I think that the new younger generation doesn't even care about gold. And really, what is it then? If it's not a store of value, like or if it's not, you know. Like it used to be flashy jewelry. I don't think you even see that much anymore. It's all NFTs and you know digital gold. I think yeah. I think just gold. I just I don't I, I don't see it going to five, six, seven thousand even in an inflationary environment. So I own zero gold. I will continue to own zero gold. Uh, just from a technical standpoint, uh, just looking back on since uh, since it had the big tank in the third week of uh, November, this 1820, 1830 area, just recently we poked our head above that and then just gave it all back in three, four sessions. So technically, if this thing can get bid at 1820 and, and make a, you know, at least two, three lows in that area, establish it, then you got another leg higher and you can work into this bar but this this area at least on the last three occasions it's been resistance so not don't worry so much about the three highs where is that 1833 area is if the, can they get a bid at 1820 build a new base get out of this trading range so that's what i'm looking at in the gold market all right, this has been a busy hour. We've got to uh, wrap it up, though. It is 8.59. So, um, Joel, I, I will see you later at 3.30, as always, for, for the okay. Flow Show. Uh, Dennis, uh, I, I, I anxiously await an update from you tomorrow on what you did with your, your JD and your Biden. <laughs> I never even thought about those again. I'm trading out. If I think about it today, maybe I lighten up the JD. Maybe I just get out of the JD. It's such a big move so fast. And I think I think I'm just going to get it back. I think honestly, if I'm going to sell it at like 79, I think I'm going to get it back at 70 here. You probably will. That's what what the odds say. So I mean, sell the rips, buy the dips, right? So I like I like I like JD at this valuation. Now it's not as attractive as it was a week ago. So I think you take the money and run. All right. Uh, hey, if you have any feedback for, for this show, for any show on Benzinga, shoot us an email. Let us know. Email us at shows at Benzinga.com. You want to come on the show? Email us. Seriously, if you have feedback, you like something, you hate something, we want to know all of it, good, bad, or otherwise. Shows at Benzinga.com. We read all of our emails. Uh, thanks to our guest today, Sean Emery. Thanks for all of you for hanging out in the chat. Uh, Slow Black, The Thinker, PJ, Born to Be Free, Miss Whitehorse, just Thad, JC, just to name a few, Donkey Limits, Adot, Ray, uh, Pete. Um, thank you all for hanging out with us. Uh, I'm going to hop off here. I'm going to end this stream. It'll redirect to our next show, which is live trading with Benzinga. Mitch will be there. Ryan will be there. Zunid will be there. I, unfortunately, will not be there today. Uh, at least I don't think. I've got um, some meetings and phone calls to attend to. Uh, but they got a lot to discuss. They're going to digest this number as well and and take some trades and maybe uh, YOLO some some options if we're lucky, if it's one of those days. Uh, so, hey, uh, I, I don't know how we're doing on the like front. Um, not great. 
is the answer. 303 likes. If we can get to 500 likes in the next 30 seconds, that would make me a little bit happier here. Um, Hey, as always, everyone, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading uh, or really any life advice at all for for, for that matter. Um, Just general rule of thumb uh, across the board there. We are not advisors. Um, You know, all investing and trading involves risks. Obviously, that goes without saying. Um, All right. I'm going to end the stream now. It'll redirect over to live trading with Benzinga. We are not quite at the 400 like. Oh, yes. Now we got there. Let's see if we can get to 450 in the time I'm done talking. Um, What else was I going to say? Hey, the show's available as a podcast. If you missed us live, you want to listen to us in in the car or whatever, we're on every major podcast platform, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all, I, all of them, right? Apple, Google Play, whatever. Uh, we're on every major podcast platform. So check us out there as well. Uh, that'll be a wrap for me here. And um, let's go make some money and stay green. And uh, everyone have a great rest of your day. I'll catch you later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.